Aquaman, swift and powerful monarch of the oceans, with ability to summon and command all creatures of the deep. Aquaman, who with his teenage ally, Aqualad, guards and defends all that lives in the seas against the forces of evil. Aquaman, king of the seven seas. Um, all right, let's start. Let's start right. Welcome back to the Wages of Cinema, and Andrew's back. I was gonna try to introduce you about nope, that. Nope, did it fine. already. It took too long. You smashed through that wall that separates the audience from everything. And Before. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Andrew. You've been missed. I, I miss this podcast. <clears throat> I am glad to be back. Yeah, I'm you haven't. Best. Yeah, we haven't had you since Ant Man the Wasp. Wow. Yeah. That was the summer. Jeez. I know. Thank God for Aquaman, right? <clears throat> yeah, Aquaman. He saves every one of us <laughs> with his trident. <laughs> um, no, we, we uh, and also with us, of course, is special guest star, Matt. Howdy. And Corey's in the room, but she didn't see the movie, so she'll have nothing to say. Maybe once in a while she'll be, go like, oh my God! <laughs> Probably. Although there's no jar of piss in this movie, so. Good. What movie had a jar of piss? Batman, Batman v. Superman. Superman. You were here in the room when we were we talking. We described that to you. And Listen you... to the Batman v. Superman <laughs> review. It's, it's, it's solid gold. But... I blocked this out of my memory. Can you embed an audio link to flashback? Um, <laughs> I'll try to find it. All right. But uh, for right now, though, we are talking about um, the new DC movie. And frankly, a much better movie than Batman v. Superman. At least yes. I think. Way better. Okay, and so, yeah, I want to just start off by saying that this is easily my second favorite DC EU movie. This is my favorite DC movie. I figured it was probably yours, because you are, you're like one of the only holdouts who doesn't like Wonder Woman. Exactly. I would almost... I'm right, of course, but I understand why this is your second favorite. Yeah, well, it's, it almost at times comes close to being, like, tied with my favorite, too. And I have a number of reasons for that. And Matt, how... I can guess by sitting next to you in a movie theater, I can usually gauge your excitement for a movie because I can't tell whether you really need to go to the bathroom or <laughs> if you actually are enjoying it. So what's your enjoyment Any, Anytime a man is impaled on a narwhal, Matt's happy with <laughs> And not... Uh, true! Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Matt, your, uh, your first reaction to Aquaman. Um, I am a fan of Wonder Woman, yet at the same time, I feel like this was a movie made specifically for me. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, my see what I what I liked about this movie, and I was, I was, I wasn't quite sure what High to five. get rid of some of that energy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have Matt. You have like a workout and a half during a movie like this between how much you're like shaking violently in your seat and like yeah, they have to repair that theater seat now. You bounced up. You bounced up and down so. Many I think times. that actually you probably helped out. Um, this has nothing to do with anything, but like. There were, like, these women next to me who were kind of talking during the movie, and I think there were a couple of, like, like, you know, like adolescents who were talking, too. And I think your laughing kind of scared them off. Well done. Yes. Anyway, what I wanted to say up front about this movie, it, the one, I mean, the one mark against it is also something that I think works in its favor, which is, this is a movie that feels very familiar. Yes. In a lot of ways. 
But I kind of liked this kind of familiarity as far as a big, big, gigantic, splashy action movie that mixes some comedy and some more horror elements. And you know what came to mind for me? Uh, and it seems like a weird comparison, but the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. Mm. Something of that kind of tone, I feel like, was achieved here in a good way. Or at least when, you know, as far as having a like a main character who is is, is a wise ass and he's very cocky and but he also has you know he has moments where he tries to be more serious right. and he has the kind of woman by his side and they, that eventually turns into a romantic interest yeah so in a way even though it's a comic book movie i felt like this had a lot of roots in pulp yes yeah, very pulpy very very roots much good roots uh, <laughs> uh, before we go further let's let's give a quick uh a quick uh, idea of what aquaman is yes aquaman is about arthur curry he uh is born when an atlantean and a human guy get he, together he is a quote mongrel uh, well okay. well that's another people's <laughs> words that's why i said it's not quote. our words that's what they say in the movie he he is he is the son of a lighthouse keeper and the Queen of Atlantis. Pretty awesome. Who, uh, at the beginning of the movie, she wa- she kind of floats up on uh, his shore, and last Keeper guy and Queen fall in love, have Arthur, <clears throat> and um, then the Queen is... She has to leave, and then Arthur grows up, and it's like right after Justice League, and, and uh, someone comes back and says, look, you gotta come back and be King Atlantis, otherwise Atlantis is gonna invade the surface world and it's gonna suck yeah yeah he and he's 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 trepidatious to go back there because uh, quite you know for, for with good reason he he believes that hey these guys they they killed my mother um right and i have i don't want to have anything to do with them but you know uh etc cetera, etc cetera, prophecy so on you know well not really prophecy but you know there's a whole you idea, the idea you know it, it's it's very much a movie with lots of fingers in different myth. And I I'm guessing that maybe the comics had that. I I went to this knowing like so little about Aquaman. So on that note, Matt, what, yes. uh let's go you're the, you're the comic book man. Yes. Uh how is this uh how does this reflect the Aquaman comics or publications that, that you've read? Um well I'm not the biggest Aqua fan. However, I can tell you that it is interesting in the way that they sort of um, subvert some typical Aquaman tropes that I know of. Is that, you know, generally Aquaman is uh, a hybrid, but he is raised in Atlantis, and that's his home. So that's, like, what he knows. And then when he comes and helps out the Justice League, he's a fish out of water. But here they inverted it, where he's basically a landlubber all his life, and he has to come back to Atlantis and reconnect with his heritage. And, um... Uh, his half brother, um, Ocean Master Orm, is um. Each time they do a reboot of the Aquaman continuity, he gets more Atlantean. Like he started off not being Atlantean at all, and then they keep giving him more <coughs> Atlantean heritage. So this time he was full blown Atlantean and also raised the in Atlantis. King of Atlantis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they can't get more Atlantean than that. So. No. And um, Black Manta's in here too, and they. Um, give him a, a new spin on his origin, where he's also kind of like a legacy character. 
Um, when you say uh, legacy character, what do you mean? I mean that his his dad his, his him children was... get into the movie for free. Oh. <laughs> Uh, um, no, because his dad yeah. was a pirate before him, and then before, and his grand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's uh, that. There, and by the way, I will say this about Black Manta: what makes him instantly cool is not just like he's a pirate; he's a submarine pirate. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> he just takes submarines. Wasn't there some line that happened about like, like there there's some kind of type of quid about being a pirate down there? Do you remember? You know what I'm talking about? Um, uh, in reference was this like at the beginning? Yeah, when he's first introduced with his dad. Uh, they say something about being a pirate, but I don't uh, know what it was. It was a good line, sort of a cheesy line. Um, oh yeah, okay. Oh, 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 Let's make a deal. I won't tell you how to be a captain. You don't have to tell me how to be a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not even that. You don't tell me how to pirate. There we go. Yeah, like using it like a verb. Um, <laughs> the thing about that scene, this isn't a spoiler. This is like no. A this is this character. is like the, this is the first this action. The first. Like, this is the first action the first set piece scenes. of the movie. The pirates board this Russian sub. They kill a lot of the crew members. They pull out the captain. Basically, they just pull out the captain so that the so that the pirate guy can stab him himself. Yeah, there's no reason to keep him alive. They just mm-hmm. do it. So they stab him for dramatic effect. And then the whole Aquaman scene starts up. Right. Aquaman, right. impervious to bullets? Um, makes sense, yeah. Okay, good. Just yeah. checking. Although not impervious to Atlantean armor or, or, or weaponry. Right. Which then you Well, know, anyone who gets shot with crazy red eye beams is gonna is gonna have a burn. Sure. <laughs> so I thought Black Man- Mantle was kinda cool. Like there he he came back really in a big way when he I, finally has like his big here's, here's helmet my... with that shoots eye beams and armor. He looks mm. super cool. What I would say and that fight scene oh, is pretty good, right there at like the at the two thirds point. It ends up being re- like a really effective action sequence. I think um, even when you're throwing Mara running away from all those like random goons, it ends up being pretty effective. Yeah. Um. What I would say I like. The I, I think I like the writing more than the actor. I feel like he was a little bit like like one note. I don't know. Uh, that's just like a small okay. part in the criticism. <laughs> um, but again, another thing I thought too. I thought I, I mentioned the mummy and again. This is a better mummy movie I thought than the Tom Cruise mummy movie. Wow. Yeah, it's it's hard to be <laughs> by far. It's hard to be worse than the Tom Cruise mummy movie, but sure. uh, um, but I thought that I also obviously thought of Thor. Yeah, you know that you have a lot like the, the whole the of... whole thing about you know two brothers and you know one thinks it's his like birthright to be king, and again this is common to like I'm, I suppose to a lot of mythology. Do yeah. do do Thor and Aquaman share a sort of similar tone? Of like that sort of mythic element with like big epic action, I, or is it? They could. It depends who's writing them. I mean, there's a lot <clears> of Aquaman stuff that I guess in the early days it was just like random Aquaman adventures, but then they start to like build that more into the mythos once okay. they decided that. They I need... I had the always had the impression <laughs> when they started with when they first created Aquaman, they, they didn't have any mythology. They just wanted to have like an undersea yeah. superhero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of goes to show, like, it, 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 I didn't have high hopes for this Aquaman movie. No, I, I, I don't know about high. I, I didn't go into it feeling like, oh my god, this will be dreadful. The impression I got from the trailer was, well, this looks kind of silly. I'm not really buying the visual effects. 
Like, but the thing is, I was seeing it in small bursts. Seeing it in all the context here, it's it's so like gigantic, like in scope. But at the same time, there's a lot of details that James Wan and his uh, effects team do with the like designs of the characters that I thought were extremely creative. Mm. And I wasn't expecting. Like Aquaman has those tattoos on him, and you don't quite re- they look kind of like fish scales, like the guy from Moana. In a way, <laughs> uh, yeah, like 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 Maui. Yeah, but then you realize it's like it's like Atlantean <clears throat> armor. You see you see like Orm wearing that mm. fish scale armor, and it covers those same spots on his arms where Aquaman has his tattoos, and yeah. it's the same exact pattern. Uh, the set, the score here really struck me. Actually, there are some songs that are kind of junky, but when they're like in Atlantis and you hear that sort of synth music, it seems almost like Vangelis sometimes. Yeah, some of the the synth the synth type music was really good, especially yeah. in the action scene. And it wasn't like cheesy synth. It it it, it felt stylish. That, well, that's the other thing too. I mean, again, I mentioned the Mummy and I mentioned Thor. I got the sense from watching this that James Wan really has like a soft spot for like 80s fantasy movies mm. but he but maybe in his head he knows all right i know that these have kind of a cheesy tone i know sometimes especially when you watch some of the fantasy movies that were like knockoff movies from like italy and places like that Go you, know, no you work you work with what you can get right <laughs> but now he thinks okay i have actually this fantastic cast you know, and as you know, Jason Momoa is actually really. I liked him a lot in the role, yeah. but he also has Willem Dafoe. He has Dolph Lundgren. He has Nicole who Kidman. Is Nicole Kidman. What's uh, her name? Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Amber Heard's all right. I, I grew to like her more over the course of the movie, but also Patrick Wilson, who. Uh, so he has all this these elements and all this budget. So it's basically like his vision of what an 80s fantasy movie is yeah. with everything that comes with that. I, that's kind of what I was hoping for. I didn't think this was going to be a good movie. But I, I thought, like, the best I could hope for was kind of that sort of otherworld Flash Gordon action. Mm. And that's exactly what I got, and it got, and it went really, really well. Yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> feeling of it. It has that pulpy... Flash Gordon field more than this is why I think like I, I don't know how much control James Wan had over the production. Uh, I noticed that Zack Snyder is only credited executive producer. Right. It wasn't like with Wonder Woman where he actually had a story credit. Um, I have to wonder if he had more control because this is like so tonally not Man of Steel not or so Batman much, v Superman. Not so much slow mo. No, maybe a couple of moments, but it wasn't at all distracting. The one spot where Aquaman got shot with a with a grenade, when he was fighting against Black Manta's father, but uh, well, that, that's the only instance of slow mo I can think of where it's like, huh. where it kind of detracts for you. No, it didn't detract. It was just like the only thing I can think of. It's like, yeah, and it's because as much as I like Wonder Woman, my one complaint in that was just too much slow motion in the action. This, the action was really well choreographed and the sh- the editing of it you could tell what was going on it wasn't like so haphazard and shaky mm. i'm sorry matt oh, you were I gonna was say something saying, well i think there was a little bit of slow-mo when they have the gladiator fight with the tridents and oh, they're ducking okay. and stuff but then yeah i didn't think it was bad and the one thing that when they first go to atlantis and you see it for the first time it's all lit up neon didn't you think it was kind of like underwater blade runner 
I felt mm. I thought Blade Runner because of the score. Ah, that 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 I did have that. I, uh, but I don't. Uh, Blade Runner to me like I, Blade Runner is more Blade noir. Run- Blade Runner seems dingier to me. This Atlantis yeah. was very colorful and yeah. very, very, very clean. Well, that's why I thought more of Thor. I also thought maybe... Thor Ragnarok. Thor this Ragnarok is, especially. This is the closest... Like, those two films go side by side. They, If you love Thor Ragnarok, you'll love Aquaman. Yeah, this is the and kind of movie where... If you even much. love just, like, looking at, like, fun costumes, this movie has that, too. Like, when... I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Eventually, Aquaman gets his armor. Right. Maybe not without saying how. Um, that it's looked, on the posters. Uh, yeah, yeah. But to, without saying how he gets it, because that's a, yeah. a plot point. It's, it's not a spoiler to say Aquaman wears armor. No, but from the trailers, <laughs> it looks like he's shirtless for the entire movie. Um, but anyway, I liked how his armor looked. I thought... And yeah. also, just the whole facet of how... And I know this is a small point, but the fact that they got people talking underwater so yeah. to speak but it was you and i knew logically okay they must be doing this in some type of computer effects way where they have they added them they added the water effects around them later but just how they were able to pull that off like i don't think they could have even done that like 10 years ago and made it look as good when you hear sounds in underwater scenes where people are completely engulfed in water there is a difference in the sound. Yes. You hear that sort of ring that you get when you're underwater and you hear a sound. Yeah. And uh, that was a very that was a very interesting touch. Yeah, the, the sound design. Because you can't have people just going... But they managed to still make them sound underwater and still be intelligible. I would have done the glug 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 and just have subtitles. <laughs> yeah, you would have done that, Matt. And the movie, and like a producer would have told you, "No, we're gonna lose a hundred million dollars if we do that." Bad idea. Can't be worse than Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just a cornucopia of bad ideas. Like the thing is, you could argue that there's stuff in Aquaman that's dumb. Oh, there's some a of the lot writing. Of some of, of the writing is some of the writing is creaky. Oh, especially like, in the first half. Like, I think this is a movie first... that I got more into it as it went along. The first half, I was kind of noticing, like, when they first have the in- the interactions, when you meet Dolph Lundgren and Willem Dafoe and Patrick Wilson, in that first scene, yeah, that, scene that is... dialogue felt very, like... That is very talky, very exposition heavy, and I still don't know exactly what they said. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of detail where I feel like... I needed to have a background for what was happening. Or Eventually, some... it makes sense. Yes. But initially, you watch that scene, and I'm like, oh, so the review I read, which said, this is a really dorky movie. This is one of those dorky scenes. We're just... <laughs> That's why we love this movie. This was We're just a bunch of dorks. <laughs> it's kind of like this is an everything movie where they throw in the kitchen sink. So yeah. just the fact that, like, you know, if this was, like, a whole season of a TV show, like, this, they would be able to parse things out more organically. But they have to throw so much in that there's going to be some points where they're just like, okay, exposition now, exposition now, foreshadowing they, now, more exposition foreshadowing. They overload those first few scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to basically stuff in the exposition there. And eventually it kind of evens out, where it's just like, eventually, you could have uncluttered the I'm, first part, but you still would have gotten the rest, and it eases Yeah, out. well, I think the, the main points that you know right away is, uh, Patrick Wilson wants to become Ocean Master, 
which is just one of the even coolest the- titles. <laughs> yeah, like the fact that there's no special word for it. There's no like, like in Dune, like the, the you have like the Quitsak or whatever it's called. I don't know why right. that, that name is in my head. And who cares about Dune? I do. <laughs> Dune's... All right. Anyway, that's all other discussion. Um, I'm just saying that everything you love is awful, Dad. <laughs> I didn't say I love Dune. Well, if you did, it would be awful. You're a monster, Andrew. <laughs> ah! Just smacked Andrew. Um, no, but in, in that scene, you need to know Patrick Wilson wants to be Ocean Master, so he's bad guy. You get Willem that... Defoe is having some type of power play in there. He's and then an Dolph Lundgren is red-haired guy who's part of another faction of the ocean. But you also get the the notion that the undersea, there are seven undersea kingdoms. You have to control four of them to be ocean master. And with four of them, you can invade the surface world. Yeah. So then you understand what Orm is doing. There's a bit of... He's trying to unite those four kingdoms Mm -hmm. so he can launch his giant army at the surface dwellers. In some ways, you could say, like, you're kind of... Like, if this was Game of Thrones, we're starting in season four or five or something like that. And we're jumping in. nowhere near as complex as Game of Thrones. No, well, that also has hours. This is relatively simple. Yeah, well, it has to be. I mean, you know, this is... this is a worldwide blockbuster that still you know, they did a really good job. They did of showing Atlantis as not just an undersea kingdom, but as a completely different world. A complete, that's what yeah. I that's what I've always thought was lacking in, is lacking in a lot of sort of superhero fantasies where you don't understand that if you have a place like Atlantis, which is super old, yeah. And which is very technologically advanced. It has to feel grand and and gigantic and, and marvelous. And that's what's so great about the underwater worlds of this movie. They feel really big. It, Where you, they tell us all this stuff. There are seven races of Atlantean peoples. Not quite that, yeah. that, but there are these seven races of fish people. But and you get a sense. Yes, this is an entire. Uh, society, this is what they're like, these are the different people over here who live in the trench, these are the super evolved fish people, these are the crab people, you see all (laughs) of that. Yeah, and not only that... By the way, giant crab monster (laughs) fight. (laughs) There was a creature in that fight that looked like a kaiju from Pacific Rim. Yes! Did you think that too? It was glorious! Yeah, I saw both both of you, like, jumping out of your seats. (laughs) And that, that, I was, could, that was magnificent. <laughs> that was a really good special effect, considering that also it was kind of in darkness. Like the thing with this movie is, you mentioned, yeah, the the world that they create is is really detailed. What this movie needed to do right was that you need to watch, you know, like that in the trailer, like they show the shot of like all those seahorses and those sharks yeah. facing each other. And when I saw that in the trailer, I was like. This looks fucking stupid. But in the movie, no, 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 no. But in the movie, I actually bought into it. Like, yeah. I actually was like, okay, this is actually kind of cool. I can buy Dolph Lundgren riding a seahorse. There's a lot of excess to it, but that's what something like this needs. Yes. It needs to look for, and it has to be excessive so that it's an unusual, exotic place. It, it, it so sells yes, the tone. So you have people riding giant seahorses and riding attack sharks. Because that's what you need. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That like 80s fantasy stuff would do that too. But they sometimes either didn't have 
you know, the, the effects budget or they had, you know, incompetent, you know, filmmakers. You you couldn't get it to be convincing, and even if you did get it, you didn't have enough resources to have a whole bunch of it. Yeah. So, yeah, but and then you have Aquaman, which has uh, a billion-dollar budget. So who it felt like that at times, especially in that final battle. Yeah. And I like how this movie takes itself seriously enough that you get invested in it, but it still has a great sense of humor. Yes. Like, and it's an absurd sense of humor at times. Like, during the gladiator fight, they have hologram stats of the combatants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aquaman. Yeah, they, they had it come up, up and it says half-breed. Yes. And then, and then, best of all, to play them in, they have an octopus on the drums. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was pretty great. That was, that was See, really cool. even Corey is kind of laughing about you're that. smiling. You're... I'm still not seeing this movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out on Octopus playing the drums. Where are you going to get that outside of The Little Mermaid? <laughs> seeing the joy on Matt's face is all I is, need to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, a key thing, though, I got to go back to Arthur Curry himself. Like, aside from... I, I knew, obviously, at some point they were going to have to bring in King Arthur since... By the way, that's a small little detail I got to bring up. Like... They sh- they name the like him Arthur after he's born. Don't you usually name a kid before he's born. I don't know how things work. On you can do it before or after. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently Arthur's mother gave birth to him on that lighthouse because we never see her anywhere else on the land. Right. Yeah, she he kind of keeps her like as a kept woman. Which, <laughs> by her choice, obviously. She doesn't want to be found I mean, she out. She can do whatever she wants. She kills but, people with a tribe. Yeah, but anyway, she, he's named after both a hurricane that is happening on TV. It's like, why not Arthur after the hurricane? Yeah, also King Arthur. Sure. So you kind of know. Yeah, and it ends up being like a kind of setup that pays off. Like, I mean, that's, I, why they, that's why the comic book writers decided to name him Arthur. They wanted to make him, give him a kingly sort of name, and you know, English-speaking people know who King Arthur is. Yeah, no, no. Of course. Although, well, also, they might not also, after this most is recent well, King Arthur. Well, no, I was going to say this is also also a better King Arthur movie than last year's King Arthur. I, I check out our episode about King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. Yeah, and, and, and that's just a part of the but, reason why it's just why it's just such a good movie. It draws but, on all these different things, like you said, it has its fingers in a lot of different pies. Yeah, and you can, and it's like you could draw from things like King Arthur mythos. You've got to get the special weapon mm-hmm. to prove that you're king. Mm-hmm. You, uh, it's that sort of Flash Gordon where we're gonna have yeah. gladiatorial combat to decide who gets to be king. Yeah. Or, and we're going to go to all these different locales and all these different kind of places yeah. to have our adventures. It's like a pulp, in some ways too, it's like a pulpier Black Panther. Hmm. Um, sure. In a way, also, in I don't know if this is going to be weird to try to make like a political point about this movie. Oh, please make a political point. Okay, well, okay, <laughs> the fact that, again, Arthur is, you know, this, quote, mixed race character because right. he is half... Atlantean half human, and then you have what's his name Ormir Orm Orm Orm, Orm, Orm rhymes with Norm. Um, Orm is considered a pure blood. Right. He's like, and not only that, they make sure to they give Patrick Wilson like super like blonde hair. He is like, the most he, Aryan he, character. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I was thinking that like I have to wonder if James Wan or the writers or producers had in their minds about. Obama and Trump. 
I don't no, think so. I think no. they just made that on purpose because they. I, crashed, I could. I have to think but, they, no, they but, occurred to them. I did, but I don't think it, uh, specifically those two. I think they did that because they cast Momoa as Aquaman, and there's a lot of complaints that Momoa doesn't look like the blonde classic Aquaman from the comics. Uh. But they were invested in that, so they said, fine, we'll make uh, the villain the, as blonde as possible so that he looks like classic Aquaman, and then he'll be like an XB for racism. Because... Uh. Also, it's just, you know, thematically it works, because you have, like... You know, everyone in Atlantis thinks Aquaman is unworthy because he he's of mixed parentage, and and you know, and and he and part of, that's part of the reason why he doesn't and you know they well treat, he doesn't want to go down there. They also treated for that his, that's because why they treated his mother so harshly, yeah. why they had her executed. That's why of all the, and that's why he has nothing to do with Atlantis. Yeah, but but I'm saying and, that but I'm saying that you could read some type of racist racial allegory into that. But well, I like sure. that your and point, think, Matt, that they tried to work that in there to counter the pure racists who are going to go see this movie. Like, the people are like, oh, you can't make Nick Fury black, or stuff like that. Yeah. Racists can't see movies. <laughs> Do you know, like, what world we live am in? I, am I not right about that? <laughs> they, the cards but, are at the door. But, you know, it's but it's funny you say it, though, because <laughs> I, I, like, going to this movie, that was something I never thought of for a second. Like, oh, how dare they have made, cast Jason Momoa's Aquaman. It's just like... He's a big, people make, doofy, big, doofy, big bro guy. He fits the make, bill. People make complaints about, like, changing the races of characters, or even the most minor things. When Thor came out, people complained about how Heimdall was black. Oh, really? Yeah. Stupid things oh, like that. God. And no one and no one today would talk say anything about how, like, oh, Idris Elba is not right for this part. No, yeah. no one cares about it anymore. Yeah. The, but, my, but my point is, I like that they work the commentary, though, into Aquaman... But it's not like it defines everything in the movie. It's no. still about the basic familial, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, exactly. But uh, but I wanted to get back to those. I think Jason Momoa himself is a real key to what makes this work, kind of in the same way he that he makes the comedy work. Uh, he you makes believe he, him as this as uh, as this sort of superhuman character. Yeah. He, he's a big guy. He has a good sense of humor. Uh, he could do he could do the action and he could do the comedy. He works well with Amber Heard. Sure. Like uh, they 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 make a good dynamic together. Like I, I, Amber Heard was a little bit of a weak link for me. Like she's not bad. She's just a little bit more like she has you know, to do a lot uh, of explaining. She has to do a lot of explaining, but I feel like that's the script. Well, 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 Willem Dafoe also has to do a lot of explaining, but he brings a, a like a kind of gravitas to it. Like he, there's a point where the movie stops for five minutes for Willem Dafoe to like explain like lots of Atlantean mythology, and it's awesome. Sure. You know. Yeah, it works out pretty well. And he still has the green goblin. And eventually goblin smile. all that mythology gets used throughout wait, the film. Wait, can you say that again? Matt? And he still has the green goblin smile when he does it. Ha! Huh. Um, I think yeah, that's just You know William, what's funny? I think that's just Willem Dafoe's face. Wasn't Willem Dafoe in Green Lantern? No, but um, Oh John, I'm thinking of John Carter. Yes, he was He's in John, John Carter. Yeah. But however, um, He was also in The Great Wall. <laughs> God, I forgot about However, that fucking movie. Tamora, I know we saw it. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Tamora Morrison, who is Arthur's father. Yeah, who is he? He was in Green Lantern as Abin Sur, and he's also Django Fett. Ah, yeah. Oh, that. oh, that's who he is. Oh. He was also in Bar I, I kept looking at him in this movie. <laughs> I kept looking at him. I'm like, who is that guy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Django Fett. Like, because... 
you know, he's not, he's got to give him the short shrift in, the, in those movies. At least at the end of, well, whatever. Alright, well anyway, um, uh, I know we're guys, kind of jumping around about this movie, but... Well, do you want to give, like, our sort of final assessment before we get into spoilers? Sure. Um, I like this movie, uh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a fun popcorn movie. It's not, like, something where I'd say, and, oh, one more thing I do want to point out, too, and I don't know, is this a spoiler to bring up the, the, quote, Kingdom of the Trenches? Um, I think the trench thing is fine, but not what comes after. Oh, all right. Well, that's what I wanted to say too. Like I said, I want to emphasize about that scene where they jump in the water. Um, maybe, maybe that's a spoiler. No, but but I want to talk about how cool it looks. I want to say that in that one (laughs) sequence, it's kind of cool (laughs) that talking about how James Wan, I think is really good juggling lots of different tones here. Again, it can be very, it can be serious, but it keeps that pulpy tone to it so it never turns into it never has that batman v superman problem where it takes itself so seriously mm-hmm. that you get the you know you run into the martha problem exactly. um this doesn't have that no. and there's even again there's one sequence involving the trenches where it kind of for five minutes becomes a horror movie and it's In great yeah and i like i really like the how Juan shot and edited that because he got to have a sequence where he like watching this movie I felt like here you know kind of similar to Peg Jenkins Wonder Woman here's someone who really cares about this this movie yeah he's not you know he's not feeling like he you know when I watch the Zack Snyder type of the, the the recent comic book movies those feel like I'm making something important yeah I'm making it these is... things that Zach, are Zack Snyder strains to make his films important and yeah. they end up being ridiculous yeah because he doesn't understand what it means for those things to be important it's just like this is what a film should be to be important he's making it trying to make it look important yes he's trying to make it look important I don't I don't know if what I said just makes sense but I think you get what I mean you could just say the word pretentious well <laughs> all right but well, that James, would have been easy. James Wan isn't isn't doing that he he's like having he's just <laughs> having a blast doing juggling different tones having you know all this money at his disposal and basically getting to make you know the ultimate 80s fantasy you know pulpy movie of his dreams and so i I appreciate that even though it's not without flaws so right matt yeah this is pretty awesome um it feels kind of like the best peter jackson movie that peter jackson didn't make and in a way Hmm. it's, it's epic and but still has a sense of fun and really good designs and action and color and things like that and what else also some violence here yeah, and there lots, lots of yeah there, there's there are a couple of parts that are pretty gruesome if you really think about it oh yeah not r-rated but like one character dies at one point and i want to say how but the way that they linger on this character's death i was like damn yeah i mean like and a lot of people talk smack about like the DC movies, and I always feel like I have to defend like them. Like me. Yes, like even though you've only seen one DC movie, and that's the one you liked, but you hate all the rest of them anyway. Because I know they're bad. You know how to pick them, Corey. Yes. <laughs> but um, anyhow, but if they can just keep making movies like this, which are fun and embrace what makes the DC Comics universe so wonderful, then they can finally start like having a great batting average. Because I was basically like. Like grinning from ear to ear the whole time I was in the theater. And Andrew? Uh, this is really good. The first few scenes are uh, 
are very exposition heavy. The writing is very inelegant. Uh, they try to cram a lot in, and so when you first get in there, you're like, well, this is going to be kind of bad. Uh, but eventually, like, they cut out the crap, they start to get to the point, and then it becomes a really big... Uh, uh, it becomes this really big, action-y, pulpy, yeah. uh, just action film. It's an adventure quest movie in a lot of ways, too. So yeah. it has that going for And there are a few laughs in there that you can enjoy. Uh, so uh, this is a, a really awesome film. It is the best DC movie so far. It's it's certainly one of the good ones. It is the best one. It's one of the good ones. <laughs> it is that, but it is also the best. Settlement with an arm wrestling. We're going to sell it All with right, duck season go. and rabbit, rabbit season. <laughs> All right. Um, so if you uh, like to... Uh, uh, pause now and uh, you know. Oh, also, by the way, uh, wagesim at gmail.com. If you'd like to uh, pause here, you were the reason our mother was executed, and I've hated you for it ever since. But I do not want to kill you, Arthur. I'm going to give you one chance go home, do not ever come back to Atlantis. You are not going to win this. A war is coming to the surface, whether you like it or not. And I'm bringing the wrath of the Seven Seas with me. You know I can't let that happen. I know. Okay. Um. Oh. Red Skull comes back! <laughs> not again! <laughs> Wait, does he? No. <laughs> that's a different... That's, a, that's Marvel. I know, we already did that for Infinity War. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Well, as far as spoilers go, um, I, well, one thing that I the giant monster is Julie Andrews. What God. the giant monster that he gets the trident from is Julie Andrews. No. Yes. Wow. Let me look this up. Fantastic. What? What is the giant monster called? The Carathene. So Julie. So let me get this straight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's credited as that. What? What? What's the monster called? Carathene. Carathene. Oh, and, oh, and, uh... John Here's... Davies is the Brian King. I was gonna ask about that. I recognized his voice, I think. Yeah, he, basically, John Reese Davies' voice is a crab monster. Yay! <laughs> yeah, which is pretty cool. But you know what's awesome, too? You think about it, Mary Poppins Returns is in theaters right now. She's not in that, but she's in Aquaman. I think they asked her to be Mary Poppins, and she said, no, I'm doing Aquaman. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I know where my bread is really buttered. <laughs> I found that scene where, like, just to just to set it up, just so you know what I'm talking about. Towards like, Aquaman has to get the trident of uh, King At what is his King name? Atlan. King Atlan. Yeah. And he finds where it is, but in order to get it, he has to fight like a giant monster that we've mentioned like once before in the movie, but was like imprisoned in the ocean. And so he just goes in there. And the the giant monster is like you just see tentacles and you're just, and it's talking smack to him and said you, you, of all the people who have ever sucked trying to get this trident you suck the most <laughs> you you've seen this kind of scene in certain fantasy movies I feel like right before, too. but what I liked about this was, was that it had such a simple progression as to what happened it wasn't just like Aquaman punched the monster a whole bunch and then there was a big flashy fight sequence and the monster died. It was Aquaman used his fish powers and said, stop. And the monster's like, you spoke to me? It's like, 
no one's spoken to me in years. Like, yeah, eons. Well, bringing up, uh, <laughs> well, to bring, well, you know what actually occurs to me? Bringing up uh, Moana again for a second. That's a little <laughs> bit like the end of Moana. A little bit, yes. But and you're you're right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm right. Yes, Jack is right. <laughs> now I can and say And it was I'm just right. like, it was like the simplest thing because you kind of get it. Because the monster has been trapped there, just guarding the trident and like killing everybody who came around. None of them have been able to talk to any fish. No one in the film has been able to talk to fish. Yeah, like that, well, that's his, that's, and his, then that's his. And then when you have this monster that's just been by itself for so long and someone finally speaks to it, it stops. And that's, like, a really interesting moment, because this monster, it's just this monster, but then, like, it's finally, like, oh, someone who understands me and can talk. But then it makes sense also, because, like, the last person to talk to me was this awesome king who had the trident. So it's, like, that's also a sign that he's worthy. And then she's, like, okay, you can try to pick up the trident and give it a shot. And that was a really just cool little thing. It was, like, the simplest thing. Yeah, well, it's about making a connection, which is, you know, the thing that, Orm never does. He he never connects with anybody. He just thinks he just I'm, I'm I'm the ocean master. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. You know. It's really cool though because it's a story about empathy and that really like underlies it because like Aquaman he's past he's like oh I'm just a blunt instrument and I had to learn to be tough and things like that. But then he he's connecting with his ability to talk to sea life yeah. and that actually is what makes him worthy to be king that he forms connections and like he realizes. Before that, also, I mean, there's a connection between the surface world and the ocean. Yeah, world. and then he and he also goes back and he thinks about how letting Black Manta's dad die was a mistake, which is really interesting because like it was pretty cold. Of it it was do. really cold, even but, though the guy was a pirate. But no, he, he was, was a pirate who did kill some people. Like you understand why Arthur did that, and you, yeah, like like I I think it's an interesting line also, that they bring it up. Shot me with a grenade. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Arthur was in every right to take him out. Right. Yeah, but, but, but you understand also why the son would be pissed. Yeah, but it's also interesting yeah. because like, a lot of the, the previous DC movies have been criticized by having the high amount of murder by superheroes. And this is they're actually going and confronting it and saying, okay, maybe that's not how a superhero ought to behave. And maybe mm. he's got to be better than that to go forward to be an inspiring leader who can unite people and show he's got to be like merciful, even though, you know, I agree that yeah letting him die was fine but here they're just trying to make a statement about empathy and like concern for others there, there was a consequence for letting black right. man his father exactly die. yes there uh, was. you know and then at the end he he, he spares orm he mm -hmm. doesn't kill him that was the noble right thing to do and he'll probably come back as a villain again but, well, they, you know, well, that, well, that was, well that was the post credit <laughs> scene no which... that's, that's black manta oh i'm sorry yeah, yeah, by the way, by the way, Randall Park pops up in the movie, which yeah. is kind of cool. He, he's, he's like, he's not a newscaster, he's like a specialist. A scientist. He's Mr. Scientist Man, who he's is... He's the crackpot scientist who believes Atlantis is real. What a choker. <laughs> oh, look oh. at that crazy... But you have to think, though... But wait a minute. There, there might be a flaw in the writing here, though. Didn't we just... This movie takes place after Justice League. Sure. Don't they know then that Aquaman exists because of what happened with everything with the stuff? I don't, I don't remember. I don't, think, I don't think Aquaman is doing like interviews and stuff like yeah. that. No, but they, it's just he, like this guy called Aquaman, and it's just like, wait, is he really from Atlantis? Yeah, because I think we should have known if there was an Atlantis, yeah, right? He never stops and gives like a press conference to explain his origin. They just know there's a guy with the trident that helped out with the Justice League. So. Okay. 
We're going to call him Trident Man. <laughs> also, technically, not tried it because it had five prongs. So now, I'm just, right. now I'm just thinking of the gum. <laughs> Trident. Yeah. Stab. <laughs> How come Aquaman doesn't do any ads for Trident? That'd be a good crossover. Um, <laughs> if also, you have ideas for Aquaman ads, send us yeah. to, oh, your ideas at Wage of Cinema at edu. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, and um, um, it's also cool, too, that. Uh, you know, also the movie. Then this movie doesn't have the. It, it also eschews the whole thing with Man of Steel and also Batman Superman, where you know you don't have to awkwardly try to explain away like, oh, we're not harming civilians. They just, you know, the big action set piece on land is in that Sicily town, yeah. which is also really fun, by the way. But they also they actually take a little moment. I think uh, Arthur saves somebody who might be crushed from a rock. Yeah. yeah, that was a nice little touch. Sure. Yeah, that was a great sequence. The whole chase thing that was black yeah, how shooting at people, how they cut people's hands off. They cut between him and uh, Amber Heard as she's also trying to fight people off. And oh man, when she, I, I, I was, I was enjoying this too. But I saw how you were freaking out too, Matt. When she, <laughs> when she summons the power of wine, yes. to become wine daggers yes. that kill like the enemies. That was pretty awesome. Well, oh, wait, uh, let's take a moment. What uh, what kind of witty thing could she have said after killing people with wine icicles? Um, what post-kill quip could she have made? Um, it's okay if there's dead space. Jack's going to cut it out. Let's no, it no, no. Uh, sh- shaken? No, no, that's that's martinis. Uh, uh, tell the truth. What? <laughs> we need Lenny Briscoe here. Uh, he went out the <laughs> Oh, Oh, your corpses are corked. Okay, that's all right. That's, that's, that's all right. That's well, well, we can work on that. We can workshop it. No, uh, yeah, I can't think of a wine-themed pun right now. Um, I'll come up with something. By you then. look all juicy there, don't you? <laughs> Let's cut that one out. All um, right. Anyway, so um, I also like the part. Oh, wait, wait, wait! Uh, before she kills them, she's like white or red. Stabs them, they bleed to death. Red. I don't th- but the thing was, I don't think she would have made See, that, that quip because she yeah. doesn't know what wine is. Um, do, Atl- do Atlanteans have alcohol? We don't know yet. Well, there's that one do they part. Drink things? Well, there's that one part where they're both in the ship and they're trying to escape from the Ring of Fire, and he's like, Bogey on my six! And she's like, what does that mean? That's not related <laughs> to wine, though, so we'll never know. Anyhow. Atlantean wine. But, but you need, like, plants for wine. Yes, you do need grapes. The redder, the deader. <laughs> There you go. Um, okay, that was still terrible. I'll so, keep going. Um, so getting back to Black Manta, whose actor I believe is Yaha uh, Abdul Mateen II, I really like wow. the scene where he's customizing his gear. Right. That was awesome. That he was, was that was not a bad scene. That was I like the music for that yes. scene. What was that song? I'm not sure. It sounded very 80s, though. Yeah, it sounded very 80s. Um, One thing. Uh... What's his face? Orm gives him like that armor yeah. and stuff, and he gives him the special blaster that he turns into his black manta eyes. Yeah. Orm says, "Oh, we have this new rifle. Too experimental, though. We're gonna give it to you." Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that kind of like a bad thing? It's like this thing's too dangerous for us. Yeah. You try it. Well, out. I guess it's like plausible deniability too. Like yeah, if you blow yourself up with it, yeah, can't be chased back to us. This is a small. But, no, but if he does that, then he can't try to kill Aquaman. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is a small point, but. 
Isn't that scene where he t- like gives him the stuff? Doesn't he say, "I want you to kill Aquaman and Mira"? Yes. Like, but More or less. So, so he's going against what he told uh, King Neron. He's a backstabber. Yeah, I mean, he's I, the villain of this movie. No, I know that. I was just wondering if that was going to pay off later, and I don't know if it really does. Not really. Yeah, I thought maybe that was a scene they cut out or something like that. No. He was he was just basically he couldn't tell his Atlantean soldiers to go kill everybody. So he was able to go to, like, back channel to Black Manta and say, hey, you go take care of this thing. Just, you know, just do it and don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I like, I mean, you know, and you obviously know that Nicole Kidman's coming back in the movie. Um, you know, like, because every time they're like, because she's dead. Body. <laughs> well, we didn't see a body, but, like, they also say, she's dead. She was executed. She's dead. And I guess maybe they all thought that she died. Right. But in the in my head, I'm like, of course she's coming back. You don't hire Nicole Kidman. It's kind of like, spoilers for those who haven't seen Widows, why they cast Liam Neeson in the movie Widows. Right. Because he comes back. Uh, but yeah, it was still, like, they had a good emotional beat for that. I think, like, she worked well as far yeah. as that went. I liked how surprised the two of you were when that happened. Just what? sitting in the theater. When they said, and they said, like, the, the hidden world in the middle of the, the, the Earth. And you're and they say pterodactyls flying. And you're both like, whoa? Remember yeah, see, guys? yeah, that, that was a little surprising <laughs> to Jack me. Jack and I are very surprised by dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that means that in the DC universe, there are dinosaurs. Yes, there are. They're located in the kingdom of Scarteris, which is in the center of the Earth. The Marvel Universe has dinosaurs? But they're in the Savage Land, which is on the surface. Right. But anyhow, so Scarteris <laughs> is, is a hidden world, kind of like Pellucidar, you have, you in the middle of the Earth. You have, a, you have a fictional comic book universe. Why wouldn't you have dinosaurs? Yeah, and then no, you have everything you want. I just hope that you they have come back at some men. point. Crab men with giant crab yes. tanks and giant no, it's just, crab it's flying cool, machines. But it's just cool that something like out of like Kong Skull Island is in the DC universe. Yeah. It is very much like Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yes. Where it's just like, yes, the dinosaurs are alive, they're just in the Earth. Yes. And, and apparently they're sky, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. And um, they have a whole comic series set there starring um, some guy call, who calls himself Warlord, but he's really an Earth um, airplane pilot named Travis Morgan. And so possibly They're he could be showing pilots. up sometime well, sure. in the How DC else are you going to get to the center yeah. of the year? Travis Morgan, Steve Trevor. How you doing, guys? Yeah. Um, All right. So, but anyway, so um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm all out of wine puns right now. <laughs> uh, you guys just got stomped like yeah. grapes. Um, <laughs> okay, not bad. Not bad. Is Chianti a wine? Yes, Chianti. it is. I mean, she could have made a Chianti joke, maybe. They they would have had to have seen Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Um, maybe in China they'll like give some. I wonder if in China. I guess it, wine is a thing in China. Yes. yes. When this movie screens there, it's already made like three hundred bill, three hundred million there. Um, if they'll give her some type, they'll dub in some type of wine for they're, her. In China, they're already planning a crossover between this and the Mermaid movie. Ooh! Mermaid movie? Yeah, remember remember that? The Oh, the one we watched? Yeah. Yes! Oh, yeah! <laughs> what was that movie called? The Mermaid? Just the Mermaid? I think it was just the Mermaid, wasn't it? I guess. It was this. it was the, uh, what's his, the, the guy who made Kung Fu Hustle, right? Yeah, Stephen Chow. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, the that mermaid was... was one of those super evolved fish people. Right. Yeah, the mermaid, exactly. Yeah, I remember that movie. That was and fun. And she can only walk by with like by wiggling her feet back and forth. And she lives. She's an Atlantean. Mm. 
This is all go. just garbage right now, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have much else to say about the movie. Like, uh, it's still awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as the spoilers go, I think that aside from those points we mentioned, oh, and like I said, the trench sequence was a highlight for me. Like, I, I just love that entire sequence of like all these monsters chasing them. He has this one flare that he's somehow able to keep lit as he and Mir are going underwater. Yeah. And you're seeing all these creatures swarming around him. It's and that really, was just a great shot. That was really good. It looks like a painting. Yeah. There were a lot of painterly images at times in this movie. Again, like, this is something where you have, it's unpretentious, yet it really cares it about artistry. the art. It has artistry. And that, and again, even if there are some little dumb or cheesy points in the script <laughs> it it all still works for what the, the the tone is that last battle scene from beginning to end is really really big it's big it, really it's, i would almost i would almost say it's almost I, too big it verges on that it doesn't quite go there but, the thing but is, it's almost so overwhelming like all the parts that are going on all the the fact that there are like all these kingdoms kind of converging in one place but the thing is is that you could probably watch that over and over again and see like new details yeah like the crab people's like just war machines they have crabs that just scoop up lava and throw it they have they have submarines shaped like that are just like giant horseshoe crabs that just like other crab people jump out and like this and they're like attack sharks attacking them and it's it's crazy yeah. there's a lot of having there but it's super imaginative stuff it's not like transformers where it's just like a bunch of metal no it, and also it's not stuff. incomprehensible it's you not. can follow the action you in a fairly clear you know conventionally shot and edited and blockbuster then movie shows way. up at the end with all the sea creatures and then things get crazy. Now, were the jellyfish war machines, were they with the Brine Kings, or were they with the other guys? I think they were with the other guys. Okay. I think the uh, the Brine people are very crustacean. I don't think they have jellyfish. Okay, so do you think the jellyfish things would come from the Fisherman Kingdom? Maybe. Okay. I, I didn't really I, I lost track of some that. of the kingdoms. I know, that, again, there are seven kingdoms, but... All you have to know, really, is that there are two sides... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, there's, there's like Ocean Master's side, people. and there's Ooh. the other side. Yes. And Ocean Master wants to rule over them all. And, of course, the Brine don't want to, like, pair up with stupid, you know, pure race yes. Patrick Wilson. And actually, they made Ocean Master a badass in this, because that's what I was worried about a lot of times in adaptations, like how like, the perceptions Aquaman's kind of lame, and then by extension, his bad guys are kind of lame. But here, they actually made him, like, a super cool threat. And yeah. they actually believed that he was a bad dude and that you don't want him to win because otherwise everyone's fucked. And he had a clear plan. Yes. You, and, you knew exactly what he was trying to do. And, and he had and he had and reasoning if, for it that you understood him a little bit because his reasoning is human beings have completely fucked over the environment of the planet. The ocean's in bad shape. The ocean's in bad shape. They, yes. They've poisoned the oceans, which is not untrue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to run out of fish someday, you guys. It's ba he's basically Namor, except there's no uh, Reed Richards for him to cuckold. So he's got to devote all his energy to destroying mankind. Uh, see, that's a character I, I need to read up on more. I don't know as much about the Namor. Mariner. I've heard that like maybe they'll bring him in for uh, Black Panther 2. Maybe, he... but how are they going to do like as Whoa. good a job with Namor that they haven't done with Aquaman in this movie? Because this movie is like fantastic everything movie. Never, never underestimate Marvel. I'd say that's fair enough. Yeah. All, All right, right. Now that we've started talking about Marvel, I think we got to wrap this up. All right. So again, as I said, you uh, 
you know, uh, I, as far as comic book movies there are right now, I think I'd still prefer Spider Verse. But this is still a fun movie that, again, in a way, it's also like you think about too, like how Green Lanterns, you know, came out just like seven or eight years ago. This is like a much better version of what they were trying to do in that Green Lantern movie too. Um, uh, sort of. This is better than Green Lantern. It's very it, ambitious, and it actually meets those ambitions. It delivers. It really delivers on what it's on on what you're. Again, I, I if you're really trepidatious about going to see this movie, if you think it looks stupid, give it a shot. You know, go with the family. You know, this is a this is a good movie to go with uh, everybody on Christmas, and um, you know, you might regret not having had a uh, seafood meal. Christmas. <laughs> I get one clap. Thank you, Andrew. This is why I miss you on the podcast. You're welcome. All right. Any final words, you guys? Outrageous. Yes. <laughs> Stand out. Be- best performance of Julie Andrews' career. <laughs> Take that, Victor Victoria. All right. There we go. Um, all right. Once again, if you guys have. Uh, any thoughts about Aquaman or uh, anything of uh, the DCU or anything like that? Wage of Cinema at gmail.com. We love your feedback. Also on Facebook and Twitter, add us at Wage of Cinema. Matt, where can you be found? I can be found at mattvcatania.wordpress.com. That's C A T A N I A. And click on my doobly doo links that he'll be putting in the description so that you don't have to remember that spelling anyway. Exactly. And uh, when we come back uh, next time, we hope to have. Uh, more good uh, movie talk for you. Uh, more things. Uh, maybe looking back at 2018. We'll see what happens. Until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. I was Matt. Yes. Are you still Matt? Who knows? It's going to be 2019 soon. <laughs> yes. And remember, the wages of cinema is death. And uh, stay uh, afloat. Let us rejoice and let us sing and dance. And ring in the <laughs> I got two claps. Thank you. Hail Atlantis.